Well, this morning I'd like to uh, bring a lesson that really consists of three words. And those three words we'll see in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's three little words, but should bring great comfort to you, should cause great gratitude upon your heart. And I'll read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 23, the last verse. And ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. And the three words I'd like to concentrate on, and ye are Christ. Or maybe I'll say it this way, and you are Christ. That's possessive. Belong to. And rather than saying ye, which is what it says here in the English translation, but I want to say you, because um, I'm reminded so many times of the question that, that Sister Cindy asked her uncle, our pastor, Brother Dom, is God a personal God? And so many times, and I see where, why we'd ask that question. And I'm so grateful she asked that question, and the sermon that he taught, I never heard her asking the question, but I heard the sermon that he taught, and it stayed with me all these years. But I want you to see, and, and, and I want to, I guess, call it out more than I had in the past, that, that you, you are Christ, his possession. I ask maybe a, a question, by what right can that claim be made? You are Christ. But what right can that claim be made? Well, uh, you purchase a car and you have a title, so you have a, a right. That's, that's, uh, that's David's car. You purchase a house, you'll have a deed, so you have a, a right. You can claim that. That's, that belongs to me. It's mine. You have a right uh, to do that. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a, uh, an inheritance and maybe a will. And say, so, okay, by, by that right, this possession uh, is mine. But by what right are you Christ? And we can say anything, but it says, ye are Christ. By what right? Can that statement be made and, and be true? As we study these, and there are, and there are, and there are many rights that he can, we can be claimed as being his, his possessions. And, and as we study some of those points where, yes, by this right, he can claim you as his own. As we look at that, There'll be the absence of something. And I want the absence of something to be um, 
foremost in our thoughts. We'll look at the different right. By this right, by this right, by this right, you're his. But there'll be the absence of something. None of these rights that will be his can be based on the claim of what we do. I want you to notice that absence. And uh, many will think of many reasons. Well, no, no, there's things that we must do. Uh, we must believe. His will believe. But don't leave it as if it's us. Acts 13, 48. I'm getting way ahead of myself. In fact, I was going to end with this, but I'll go ahead and say it now. All that were ordained to eternal life believed. So we can't take any honor and glory that we believed. We believed because we were ordained to eternal life. And because we were ordained uh, uh, to eternal life, that's why we believed. So we don't want to get, don't want to get that uh, mixed up, and we don't want to take any honor and glory for this. So as we study this, some of the, by what right we can be considered his, it says, and ye, and you are Christ, I want to notice the absence of there's nothing by what right that because of what we do, have done, or will do. So first, by what right you are Christ, by what right can that claim be made? Well, it can be made by choice. And it's important to know by whose choice. And I want to go to John, Gospel John chapter 15. So, right by, by choice, he can, it can be, the claim can be made and you are Christ. And that is, again, by choice, but not your choice or my choice. John 15 and 16. Our Lord speaking here. The one that says, and ye are Christ. He's speaking here. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained that you bring forth fruit, that you should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So here, and, and some people may say, well, you're splitting hairs. I don't think it's splitting hairs. It says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. That's not, that's not splitting hairs. That's a, that, that, well, that's complete opposites as far as that goes. So we can be, we can, the claim can be made by right, you are Christ, because he chose you. That's a legitimate reason that he can claim ownership of you, because he chose you. Not the other way. Almost all the religious world turns it around that we chose or we choose him. Do you see the difference on where the honor and glory goes? Uh, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 talks about being chosen 
and a chosen generation. And, and it may, we may be looking at, at, at groups of people, whether it be in his church or whatever, but still it's individuals that he chooses to make this up. So we'll see again this by choice. We are, you are Christ's. 1 Peter 2, and I think I'll go all the way back to verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow by it. I think we can all remember as he first began to open our eyes how we desired the milk of the word and, 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 uh, and still do. And if sometimes we don't, then we pray that he would put this desire in us once again. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? David, I know as you and I talk, and the rest of you as well, talk about his grace. We talk about his grace. We've tasted that the Lord is, is gracious, and we, we cling and, and hold on to that. Uh, To whom coming as a living stone, disallowed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye or you also as living stones. Build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices Acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So you, he has chosen you as living stones. Build up a spiritual house. And of course, we're talking about the true churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy priesthood. And what did the priesthood do in the Old Testament? Well, they offered up acceptable sacrifices to God. Blood of bulls and goats, all the different sacrifices that they offered. That's what the priest did. But here it says, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We don't offer literal bulls and goats. Hebrews says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's the sacrifice that we would offer, not the blood of bulls and goats but the fruit of our lips. Wherefore is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, who believeth, he is precious. But unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And we uh, taught on that uh, a few months ago or something. Uh, to some, that stone's disallowed. They don't see a value of this stone, of Jesus Christ. Uh, but it says, but to you, it's precious. Uh, verse 8, uh, talking about those, he's made the head of the corner, they stumbled, it says, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Even them who stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto they were appointed. So some were appointed 
to being disappointed or being disobedient to his word. But here, but you are a chosen generation. Now, it may be speaking of a lot of people, but each one of these people are individuals, and that's what I want you to see. And you, you are this chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, that. So there's a purpose. He has chosen you. That you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. We don't point those praises towards man, but towards him. So, by his choice. But you are chosen. So, by this right, you are Christ's. Because you are chosen by this right. In uh, Acts chapter 9, and certainly this shows individuality, as we, and we, we talk about this a lot. I don't think we actually read it that much. We have, of course. But this, certainly this will be individual. Now, each of you, again, are individual. Each of you are, are chosen uh, of the Lord. Here, this is talking about the account of Saul of Tarsus who was chosen. And we look at his account and so forth. And yours may be slightly different. But the, what, what's not different, it's he has chosen you. And by that right, you are Christ. So, Acts chapter 9, and let's go back to verse 1. Again, we talk about it a lot, but we don't read it that often. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. I believe as uh, far as the scriptures revealed, Saul of Tarsus was the biggest enemy that the church had as far as what's recorded. Uh, three, and he journeyed, and he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the ghost. Now, Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected. Was this a mistake? Did our Lord was he say something here is not true? He said, no, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. So as you persecute the Lord's sheep, you're persecuting Jesus. And that's what he was doing, having all of them bound, put in prison, and so forth. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go to the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So he said, What shall I do? He didn't tell him what to do. You go to this place, which is one of the Lord's two churches, and there it shall be told thee what thou must do. And there he was taught. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, 
but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus, named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarshish, for behold, he prayeth. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias, coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call thy name. So Ananias, understandably, was, was a little confused here. Lord, I, 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 in my mind, I said, Ananias was thinking, Lord, are we sure we're talking about the, the same man here? But yes, they were. And look at verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. So, he, he is, he was a chosen vessel, and, 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 and you can read farther, and, and I think maybe we, we won't, but you can read farther where he went there and his eyes were opened and immediately he was, he was baptized and he preached Christ. But see, he was chosen before that by God. Chosen when he still saw Tarsus. Chosen when he still blaspheming uh, the, the, the Jesus and persecuting the church. He was already chosen. So by, by that, we can say the Apostle Paul and he was Christ's possession. And the same thing, you were chosen. So, the, the, by what right can you say you are Christ? Because he chose you. Saul of Tarsus was chosen. Again, as an individual. Part of a, a larger group, of course. But an individual. And the same with you. And... While we're still on that track, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 as far as being chosen. By what right are you Christ? Well, we're looking firstly at because you were chosen. And Ephesians 1, 4, so familiar to you and such a blessing. According as he has chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. That's according as God has chosen, and I'm going to say you. It says us, but it's also you. This, this us is made up of many yous. It's made up of many individuals. According as he has chosen us, according as he has chosen you, in him, in Christ, 
before the foundation of the world. So when it says, our text says, and you are Christ, by what right can that be claimed? Because he chose you. That's by what right. So what other, uh, as I mentioned, there are many rights that he would have that the statement can be made and be true. You are Christ's. You are his possession. There's many ways this can be uh, uh, right and, and just. And another one is by gift. If someone uh, gives you a, I'm, I guess I'm stuck on cars, but if someone gives you a car, the claim can be made, that car belongs to me, by what right? Because it was given to me. So let's look at that. Hebrew chapter 2. So you are Christ. By what right? Well, because you was given to him. That's why it can be by his. By what right? Because it was a gift. Hebrew 2. And of course the scripture is full of these. We will read a few of them. Hebrew 2 and 13. Well, I guess we can read verse 11. Uh, well, no, let's go to verse 13. We may come back to these other verses later. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. So God gave to Jesus Christ a certain number, you as an individual are one of those numbers, and the claim can be made. Behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. So God gave Jesus Christ a number of children. So the claim can be justified. You are Christ's. You are his possession. Why? Because you was given to him. Uh, John 6, well, I'll try to get a couple more in before we go on. Uh, by what right are you Christ's? And again, the scriptures is full of this, and yet it's unseen by so many that you are given to Christ. John 6 and 37, again, so familiar, and I'm thankful for it. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. All that the Father giveth me. Doesn't the Father have the right to give to Jesus whomsoever he wants? And the answer certainly he does. And he said, it goes on there, I, I have to read a couple more verses. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will that the hand has sent me. And this is the Father's will, who has sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. You are Christ. By what right? You were given to him by the Father. By the creator of all. 
You were given to Christ. So by what right can the the statement be made? You are Christ's. You're Christ's possession. Well, because you was a gift. Uh, John 10. uh, And... uh, Let's see. Let's go. Verse 25. John 10, 25. Uh, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because you are not of my sheep. Well, how do they get to be a sheep? Oh, it's a gift. It's not, it's not upon the sheep. But ye believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck in and out of my hand. My father who gave them to me. So the father gave a number of sheep. Each one of these sheep are individuals. The father gave a number of sheep to the Lord. And that's his sheep. What about those he didn't give to them? They're not his sheep. I'll not enter into judgment against God. Can he do with his own? He's the potter, we're the clay. Can he do with his own as it pleases him? And the answer is yes. So he says, uh, uh, my father who gave him to me. So you are Christ's possession because the father gave you to Christ. And uh, well, I don't want to get too long, but the, the longest recorded prayer of our Lord in John 17, I won't go there, but I think it's six, six or seven times, talks about the ones that the Father gave him. You can't get to be his sheep any other method. I, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and mention, I, as, a, as a kid, I went to livestock market with my dad and and watch the cattle and the sheep and different things go through the ring down there. And I, I kind of enjoyed that. And, you, you know, be setting up here in this kind of arena. And down there would be the livestock would come in this one door. And it showed the weight of them and everything like that. And people would bid on them. And then it would go out the other door. So uh, we processed mainly beef and pork, uh, a few sheep. But so I did see some sheep go through. I never saw, and, and when they came on here, they belonged to the person that was selling them. And then they came here. And then whenever they went out this other door, they belonged to somebody else. But I never saw one sheep stand up and point up there and say, I think I choose that one to be my master or whatever. Not one. Same as it is with us. We don't, we don't choose him. So all through John 17... Uh, again, six or seven times, I believe it is, uh, he talks about the ones that the Father gave him. Uh, so 
his, you are Christ's, by what right? Because you were given to him. That's the only way you can be Christ. You were given to him. We can't make, well, we wouldn't make that decision, first of all, and we can't make that decision. It's not that way. Uh, Another, again, there are many ways you are Christ by what right, you know, uh, the right of choice, his choice, the right of gift. But another right is right of a bloody purchase price. You are his. You are Christ's. I remember Brother Austin many years ago, he talked about being redeemed. And as always, he always had very good examples that, uh, that, that uh, stays with us. He says, like something would go to a pawn shop. To get it out, had to be redeemed. And the same with us. If you are Christ's, you're redeemed, you're bought back, you are purchased, and you may give some dollar bills or something to redeem something from a uh, uh, pawn shop. But you were purchased by Christ with bloody purchase price. And we can say, you are Christ by what right? He purchased you. And again, bloody purchase price. I'd like to read a little bit of that. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Sometimes I guess I'm up here it sounds like Galatians and Colossians sounds like. So it is Colossians chapter 1. As far as this bloody purchase price, by what right are you Christ? Yeah, it was by his choice, it was by gift, but also he purchased you. He redeemed you. Uh, Colossians 1 and go back to verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We titled not, not too long ago, he made us fit. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So by what right? And says you are Christ. By what right? He purchased you. He redeemed you. By his blood. That was, the, that was the currency, if you will. He redeemed you by his blood. And as we look at this, again, all of it points, or none of it points to us, what we have done. And, and so here, talking about redeemed, and, and I, I refer to this a lot. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, I think it's in Exodus 24 as well. <clears throat> but we talk about redeemed and everything, and I refer to this a lot, but I, I'd like to, to look at it. Just a little closer. 
It said he, he redeemed us by his blood. He bought us back. He purchased us. There was a, there was a price, and the price was his blood. <clears throat> Exodus 13. And again, <clears throat> I think it's in 24 as well. <clears throat> or, <clears throat> or maybe 30. I'm not sure. <clears throat> maybe 32. But let's look here. Exodus <clears throat> 13, and verse 11, <clears throat> we're talking about <clears throat> being redeemed and a bloody purchase price. Well, here, this goes back <clears throat> under the law. <clears throat> verse 12, or 11. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, try it now. Thou shalt, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord... All that opens the womb, and every firstling that cometh uh, cometh of beast, which thou hast, uh, the males shall be the Lord. So we're saying every uh, the livestock and everything, uh, every male that opens the womb, the firstborn, uh, is to be sacrificed to the Lord. It's his. That was the law. And verse uh, thirteen. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. Well, what? so what's the difference here? So in verse 12, every male to open the womb, it's the Lord. You sacrifice it to the Lord. But now here, in verse 13, and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. Why not sacrifice it? Because this uh, donkey or whatever is an unclean beast. There were many unclean beasts, as you know, in the scriptures. So what about the unclean beast? Why wouldn't, there, why wouldn't the, every male that opened the womb, why wouldn't it be sacrificed to the Lord? Because it's unclean. You wouldn't sacrifice anything unclean unto the Lord. So what provisions were made? Every firstling of an ass, this unclean beast, Thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break its neck. So what he's saying here, we got the firstborn of an unclean beast. And I think regardless of what, whatever the unclean beast will be, not just the donkey, <clears throat> says there's, the master can make a decision. You can redeem it with a lamb. There'd be a bloody purchase price. A, a, a lamb would pay the price for this unclean thing. And if you don't want to do that, then you break his neck. So in other words, it's fit for destruction. The unclean thing, it was fit for destruction. But what we notice here, so there was a, we'll say, a choice to be made here. You can break his neck. You can redeem it with a lamb. Shed the blood of a lamb and sacrifice the lamb in its stead. Then it could live. <clears throat> so there was a choice to be made. Did the donkey make the choice? It wasn't up to the donkey. It was to the master, the owner. That was the one that would make the choice. So we see here that 
uh, every male that opens the womb was to be sacrificed. It was the Lord's. The unclean beast, certainly not sacrificed to the Lord. You would break his neck or redeem it with a lamb. Fit for destruction. So that was under this law. And then it goes on. And the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Now here, <clears throat> the children, so we talk about the beast, first of all, the, uh, uh, in the beginning there, every male opens the womb, you sacrifice it to the Lord. The unclean, you either destroy it or redeem it with a lamb. So now we have another, a third thing to think about. The firstborn among man. Should it be sacrificed unto God? I think we'll all agree, well, no, but why? Why not sacrifice? <clears throat> Wouldn't that show uh, the most faith or dedication or allegiance to sacrifice their children unto God? And by the way, they did, some. But all the firstborn of man says you redeem it. <clears throat> Why not sacrifice them? Now we know the, the every in the beginning, every male that opens the womb of the beast was to be sacrificed to God. The unclean beast were not to be sacrificed to God. <clears throat> now we come to the children. Why not sacrifice them to God? And think about it for a moment. Say, well, they're you just wouldn't do that. Well, okay. But do we, have, do we have a better meaning than that? Why not sacrifice the first male child unto God? Well, it's too good. That's not it. Isaiah, uh, <clears throat> was it 64? We are all as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are filthy rags. Would that be a suitable sacrifice unto God? And the answer is no. So then, <clears throat> here is <clears throat> all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Redeemed with the lamb. There's that bloody purchase price again. You are Christ. You are Christ. Because of this bloody purchase price. Because you were redeemed. You were fit for destruction. In ourself, we're fit for destruction. We're always an unclean thing. All of our righteous are filthy rags. So we weren't fit to be a sacrifice. And that's why we were redeemed with a lamb. And again, you're Christ because he redeemed you. <clears throat> well, let's do another one here in Hebrew uh, chapter 9. Certainly a right. It said, you are Christ. You are his possession because he redeemed you. He was the lamb that redeemed you. He, his, the bloody purchase price of his shed blood. Hebrew 9. 
and verse 11. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. You know, they had the earthly tabernacle and then temple and everything. But said, uh, no, it's not of that. It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us, or eternal redemption for you. So we see <clears throat> under the law that they, the children were redeemed with a lamb, a, a bloody purchase price. And here this is saying the same thing, that it's not by the blood of bulls and goats. They offered, they offered blood of bulls and goats and lambs, but it's, not, it's not, not really redeemed that way. But by his own blood, he being the Lamb of God, by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us, or eternal redemption for you who are Christ's. And then verse 15 and for this cause, he is a mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that are under the First Testament, they who are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance because of his bloody redemption price that he paid. Uh, okay, well, I had several more there that we were redeemed uh, by what he did, that bloody purchase price. So we are his because he bought us. He purchased us. You are Christ because he purchased us. Uh, I was going to, but don't have time. You are Christ because of relationship. He says, uh, we have the same father. He's our elder brother. And there's a, there's a lot of good study there. He says, who is my father? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? And looking at his disciples, and he says, my brother, my sister, my mother, as he looked at his disciples. So this relationship, uh, that he's not ashamed to call us uh, brethren. So many ways when it's, the scripture says, you are Christ, by what right? Choice, his choice, by gift. You were given to him by a bloody sacrifice, by relationship, him being our elder brother, joint heirs with Christ, and so many other ways. Even we're spouse of Jesus Christ and be of the bride because he has chosen. So you're Christ by choice. He's chosen you by gift the Father gave you to him by his bloody purchase price you are Christ but you are Christ not by anything that you have done and, and we see that plainly and again some might say well but it's up to you to believe and so forth and I kind of started with that all that were attained to eternal life believed so yes his sheep will believe why because it's ordained to eternal life. Their believing doesn't get them eternal life. It's because they have been ordained to eternal life. 
May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed. Yes. Oh, yes, 7 o'clock tonight. Yes. Thank you, Bill.